Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome back to Frantic Thoughts Podcast, a video game and entertainment podcast from me, Frantic, also known as Josh on the internet or in real life. This is my podcast where I talk about my life, things I'm interested in, and uh, it feels a little weird because it's been such a long time since I sat down and recorded an episode. I think the last one I did was in September of 2020. And it's been hit and miss, been a little spotty over the last year or so, but I had to come back and talk about some of my favorite games from 2020. Better late than never, never. like it's the end of January pretty much. By the time this comes out, it might actually be February. So it's been some time since I sat down and talked to you guys, but I figured I'd bring an episode back and I brought an awesome guest with me this time. I have Ryan at It's Rocket Sauce on Twitter to come talk about 2020 and some awesome games. How's it going, man? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Well, when I heard you were going to be talking about games from 2020 in your your top list, I, I had to join. I, you know, I, I insisted on being on this episode because <laughs> it's one thing, you know, Josh, we, we used to do the CC Awards where we kind of would do this and recap yeah. what games we played, and it, this year just didn't happen. Um, so it's one of those things where... As an opportunity, you know, I felt like we missed out on doing it, you know, and me and you are both a part of that show. So, you know, I, I felt like I had to stay because I've, I've played a bunch of games from 2020. So there's things I felt like I had to say about these games. Yeah. And I did kind of miss that episode this year. We used to have Caleb and Musty and you and we just chill and talk about whatever games came out, gaming in general. I think 2020 was just one of those years where a lot of things were was just weird. And a lot of things were different that you just really didn't expect to happen. Of course, we had the pandemic. We had just wildness going on all year long. So I think it just ended up being just one of those years that things changed and people understood because everything changed for everybody. So mm-hmm. not having that end of the year show for the Cartridge Club. I don't know who expected it, but it, it feels kind of weird that we didn't actually do it. But I'm glad you're here talking to me about some awesome games. Yeah, thanks for having me once again. So what we're going to do is we're gonna, we both bought lists. They're a little unorthodox, but I brought a top 10. You brought a top five from 2020. And then that's right. We both brought some games from the past that we'll talk to after that. But what I want to do is kick it off this, these lists with our honorable mentions for 2020 or just in general what games did you play last year that you want to mention but you didn't feel were like so big so bold that you wanted to throw onto a list and why don't you go ahead and shoot us here first with one of your honorable mentions so i'm I'm gonna have a little bit of a cop out here for my honorable mentions because um these are games that came out in 2020 but i didn't get around to them until 2021 and in in this case, they probably would have knocked out one or two games from my top list from 2020. Uh, but I didn't feel right with 
saying it was a 2020 game because I beat it in 2021. I, I mean, I, it's a 2020 game, but I didn't beat it in 2020. So that's that's why these are kind of like honorable mentions. I beat them recently, um, and I, j- I enjoyed them both. Um, but I'll start off with Miles Morales, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, it's a game I, I held off playing it until I had a PS5, and I didn't get a PS5 to late December. So it's one of those things where it was the first game I played for my PlayStation 5, and I had a great time playing it. So it it just happened to be that I really didn't get around to it to uh, after Christmas, uh, when I could really slow down and actually enjoy my PS5. Um, but yeah, I had a great time with it. So I, I just didn't feel right saying, you know, it, it might be on my... If we do the CC Awards next year for best games that I didn't beat, you know, not from twenty, not from twenty twenty one, yeah, uh, it might be on the list next year for that. Uh, but it, like I said, I just didn't feel morally right because I didn't beat it till twenty twenty one. So honestly, that's uh, a game we'll talk about later. And I didn't have that stipulation because the PS five was so hard to come by. Like you said, it me and you. Or I think I was more on a mission to get it than you a lot of times, but I was like, I'm getting this thing, and we both eventually did get it through various means because it was so hard to get a PS5. But since I got that so late in 2020, I'm counting a few games, I'm making exceptions, and I'm putting them on my 2020 Game of the Year list, even though I beat a couple of these games in 2021. To me, that doesn't really bother me as much, but I understand you not having them on your list for 2020. But for me, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I got this PS5 at the end of 2020. These are 2020 well, games for me, you know? Well, in your case, didn't you pick up Miles originally for the PS4 as well? Yeah, I, I did play some Miles PS4, maybe like three or four hours of it before I got a PS5. Mm-hmm. But I... I I had this thing in the back of my head knowing I was like, dude, I know I'm going to get a PS5 eventually and I don't want to beat Miles Morales and be all bummed out that I didn't get that next gen experience. Yeah. So I went ahead and just like didn't complete it and waited until I got my PS5 and then I went through the rest of the game and still actually grinding on the game like currently. I played some today just trying to get that platinum, you know, but yeah, Yeah, that game's great. I'll chalk this one up against the uh, the scalpers for ruining this being a 2020 uh, <laughs> top experience here. So, <laughs> yeah, the scalpers, the the bots, just all that stuff, just really, I hate that man. I I hate how that happened for everybody because I know there were a lot of our friends in our community that were really looking for the system. Of course, me and you, we had Church the Game Grinder. You know, just a lot of people in the community were looking for one. Um, Snestrunk's girlfriend. Uh, Pearl, I remember I was looking at that. Like she was trying to find one. Just, just a lot of people like were just trying to find a PS5, and it was just impossible to find because people were just, you know, using bots, buying a ton of them, and just selling them off and getting that, making that bank. Which, sure, do your thing, I guess, but you're just being an asshole, in my opinion. All right. So what's right your, on. yeah. So what's your next uh, honorable mentions? You have a couple more. Do you want me to? S- should I go ahead and jump in with mine? Once, once you take a couple here. Okay, I got a game called Hold Down, which uh, I played this year a lot on my phone. It's a mobile game. It's uh, this is why it's on my honorable mention. It's not a big game, but I mentioned it a little bit on my other podcast, Indie Quest, which 
I don't know if I've ever plugged on Frantic Thoughts. That's literally how long it's been since I've done this show, which I haven't plugged <laughs> that podcast. So if you haven't checked out my other podcast, IndieQuest, or my other other podcast, Box Office Bliss, um, I'll talk a little bit about them at the end of the show. But yes, I've been doing a lot of stuff. But anyway, Hold Down is this like mobile game. It's kind of like a breakout clone mixed with Peggle. And it's just been my addiction, man. Um, I have a lot of like little 10 minute short burst of time to do like whatever on my phone Be, you know, at work. You know, I have like a really long shift. I need a break. I'll pull out my phone. I'll play some Hold Down. It's just a super easy and addictive game. Uh, I've been really into it this year and uh, super fun. It's just super simple. You're just breaking blocks with the, with your little balls and upgrading your your kit, getting more balls to break more bricks. Super super easy and fun game. I, I just had a good time with it. Is it a uh, is a is it a free game or is there a charge on this one? And is there credits? Is this a beatable game? Honestly, there is no credits. So what I did this was is a high score game, right? There are mo okay, so basically what you're trying to do is it actually kind of has like a mini like goal per world. So each world is you're trying to dig down the core to the center of a planet. You work your way up to smaller to bigger planets till you get to the sun. And the sun's a hard the hardest stage in the game. And I said, okay, once I get to the end of the sun and I actually get to the core of the sun and I beat that part, that's the end of the game for me. There's no actual credits. It pretty much just says, keep on playing, have fun, and then just level up like levels up the difficulty again on you and then you can re-go through all the planets again. So that's kind of one of those games that's never ending. It's like a never ending gobstopper. But I counted it as a beat once I got to the end of the sun, which took multiple hours and it was a good time, but I still kept on playing the game because like I said, it just keeps on going. Gotcha. So I'll shoot out another honorable mention, which is another mobile game, Monument Valley. Monument Valley 2, I'm going to sh shout them both out real quick. They're really fun puzzle games. They have an MC Escher art style. Very fascinating puzzle mechanics where you have to like go through these different like worlds that are just shaped super irregularly. You have to figure out how to match different like puzzle tiles together in this like kind of loop-de-loop -loop style. It's really fun to figure out the puzzles in this game. Nice little break from, you know, your world and uh, another mobile game. So I just want to give Monument Valley a shout out. Incredible art style, really great music. Such a little fun and somewhat short mobile game that I think is worth your time. You have any more honorable mentions to throw out there? I have, I have one more honorable mention. Okay. Okay. Once again, once again, this falls into that same released in 2020, but I didn't play it till 2021. <laughs> Uh, and it's the most recent game I beat on the PlayStation 5. It's uh, Astro's Playroom. Um, now, it's mostly seen as like a demo kind of for the PlayStation 5, but it's a free built-in game. It's really to show off kind of like... It mostly is the controller, right? Uh, I know yeah. you've played this one, Josh. Uh, it really is mostly to show off the haptic feedback and the and the triggers and the new, uh, the new rumbles and everything and... The sound and I don't know it, it. It's just a great time. I, I kind of you know I I know I played. Um, I'll save this talk for for future down the road here, but um, 
uh sorry i'm going consulting my notes here yeah it's i i kind of wish so so you know the best way i could describe this is maybe playing it like super mario 64 with, with the fact that and i know people said this about astrobot vr but is that experience right where it was it was kind of showing off what the console can do what here are the new features and this is how you play it and i'm not saying it's as great as mario 64 i'm not but it's it's just a, a great experience showing off what is possible and i i hope i hope all these other game developers get kind of inspired like i would love to see what kojima can do you know kojima is gonna <laughs> uh when, once he gets his hands on it uh you know and gets inspired there's there's developers like that where you know they they do something unique and different that's co- compatible with the console or or something that makes it a truly unique experience where i it's the thing that gets me excited for the, for the PlayStation 5 so it, it, i i had a great time with it and like i said it, it was my most recent beat on the PlayStation 5 and I, it was just a really good time i have more to say about that later not Ooh. to spoil anything but i do agree with all your points and i think that's going to Oh, no, I actually do have two more honorable mentions that I do want to mention real quick. Super small indie games. I have a game called If Found. It's about, this is probably the most indie game pitch you'll probably ever hear in your life. But it's about an indie, about a trans woman discovering herself in Ireland. And it's a really fascinating piece. Uh, it's, it's a really fascinating story piece, I would say. Pretty much you play the game through her perspective of her writing in her diary. And a lot of the actions that you take and the way you experience the narrative is by erasing moments of her diary. And she will be explaining more of her life and her story. And I just thought it was a really fascinating storyline. Something different. And it actually has another element of like this extraterrestrial, like, imaginative like storyline in the background that she's kind of writing at the same time in her journal so it's just really like wholesome sometimes like harrowing storyline about this chick just trying to discover who she is and trying to make friends pretty much to her at the end of the world which I thought this storyline was really good I had a really good time just experiencing it it was very emotional um really simple mechanics literally the whole game is you just erasing her journal and uh clicking on things there's not really a lot of like uh i guess direct control in this game but i did really have a good time just discovering all the characters in the story and just learning this this uh really detailed narrative through this interesting uh experiment of a video game does her being irish have anything to do with the game uh, it's just the it's just a setting. Um, there's a oh, lot of okay. different, yeah. There's a lot of different things she mentions. They actually kind of have like a almost a little thing where they define different slang terms, Irish Irish sure. like slang, in the game. So because they'll they'll be talking back and forth, right? As you're you're reading the dialogue, and they'll have like this little thing. It's like, you know how you like write a book or like you write like a essay and you like do a little like, uh editorials parentheses yeah like a parentheses like a like a one in it right it's like a little like thing and you go to the bottom and then you read like what one is you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. define what that word means and stuff 
it has that in this game because there is a lot of slang and it it does have that it really feels like whoever wrote this is probably from Ireland and probably used that slang and probably had that tone and dialect and knew about the actual area that they're from. And it was just a really good storyline. I don't think it's a super long game. I think it took me about two hours. But by the time I was done with the storyline and having her tell her story about this super crazy extraterrestrial, like going into black holes and stuff, it kind of echoed her real life, like what she was experiencing real in real life. And it was just a really nice storyline. And it was from Annapurna. And they make a lot of great games. They do. They published some of the best games in the indie game space. So that was a really awesome game. I think it's worth your time if you're into that super like narrative heavy storyline. And then I have one more game It's called Before I Forget, which was also a game I brought to IndieQuest back in the day or back in our maybe our first or second episode of that. But it's a story about a chick or woman going through amnesia. You play through her perspective, and it's a first-person game, and it just kind of plays with your your preconceived notions of what you think is going to happen next. She'll walk into a room, and the room is not the room she thinks she's in, and she's slowly piecing together her past as she has flickers of memory. So it's pretty much one of those where the environment tells the story. And uh, this one's probably like an hour long. It's not super long either, but it's just something where you get placed in somebody else's shoes and you just experience something that you would never get to experience unless you did it in a video game, which I thought was pretty powerful. How are were, were these both less played on PC? Or Yeah, both where, of these are these? PC games. I played them both on PC, but I think If Found is on uh, Switch. So Gotcha. And that one has touch touch controls on the Switch where you can like erase with your finger on the on the touch screen, which is pretty cool. Gotcha. So I think that's gonna wrap up our honorable mentions. Stick around, we're gonna jump into our 2020 games of the year. So usually every year I do a podcast episode entitled Frantic's Favorite Game of or Favorite Games of Blank Year. So this is my Frantic's Favorite Games of 2020 with Ryan included, which is going to be pretty interesting. So what we're going to do here is I'm going to do a top 10. I have a top 10 list from 2020 and Ryan has a top five list from 2020. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about my top 10 through six first. And then once we get to our top fives, we'll go back and forth and discuss all the games. So first off, for my number 10, I have Fall Guys, which is a game that came out this year or in 2020. It's not it's not 2020 anymore. Thank God. Right. But 
this was a really fun party game. I enjoyed this game quite a bit. I, pl I looked on my PS5. I had about 18 hours in this game last year. I had my moment with this game. This is why it's number 10. It's not like a game that I'm probably going to go back to ever again. I don't think I'm going to play the Fall Games ever again unless they do something super insane. But the 18 hours I had with this game was some of the most fun party games I've ever had. I had multiple people that wanted to play with me. I played with a lot of friends. We goofed around. We jumped off some ledges. We uh, fell off some peaks and failed and had a good time doing it. Uh, Fall Games is pretty much... What's that game? Uh, that game show, Wipeout, right? Where they like knock people off platforms and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Wipeout. It's pretty much Wipeout. But little, with little a very... Of the... Sorry, a little bit of the, like, you know, Double Dare kind of thing, too. Double Dare. Going. Yeah. A little bit of Double Dare As, to it, too. Yeah, a little Double Dare, a little uh, Wipeout, but with a poorly controlling third-person game. Like, I'm not going to say this game controls amazingly. If you play a third-person, third like, platforming game, this game does not control anywhere near as good as that does. And it kind of does it on purpose. You feel kind of hobbling. Like, you feel like you're wobbling around on the stages trying to make your way through various different courses to be the number one in Grab the Crown. And I just had a good time with this. I think I won about 10 times, and I feel pretty proud of with the amount I won. I had enough crowns to buy a Sonic the Hedgehog skin whenever that came out, so I have a Sonic the Hedgehog skin. I don't know if I'm ever going to play with that skin, but I have it. And the game was pretty fun while I had my time with it. But for me, I think that that uh honeymoon era has completely passed for that game for me but the time i had with it i will cherish it's a good memory you know associated with it but not enough to put it higher in my list but it's enough to put it at number 10 i have a little something about to say about this game um i forgot i've i played this game and the only reason why i say you know i forgot is because you know there's I don't think there's, a, there's no credits for this one. Uh, and it was a game that came with free with PlayStation Plus back in like June or July or maybe even August. It was a summer game. It was like the hit of the summer, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I I had a great time with it as well. I I never won any of them. I got close several times where you make it, you're part of like the final like six people or ten people on the final stage. Um, and I've came close to winning it a couple of times, but I never won it. I got a few crowns from just playing it yeah, where I think I wrecked up enough points to get a crowns, but I, I never truly acquired one crown yet. Um, I might come back to it, uh, but it's one of those games where I, I kind of forgot about it. So, I, I mean, and I, and I don't mean it to sound negative about the game because I had, I had a great time with the game. I, I really enjoyed it. I just kind of forgot about it because something else came along and, Took my interest, so you got pushed to the side. So yeah, I kind of with you, Josh. You know, I, I'm not saying I'm done with it. I I, I imagine if they come up with like some neat skins or something to drag me into it, to, like to bring me back, I can see it happening because I had a really good time with it. So honestly, if they did like a like a Marvel season or something like they did for Ooh, Fortnite, yeah, I think that me and you would squat up and play it. You know what I mean? Oh, I'd be, I'd be definitely putting in them hours to get them skins. Yeah, we'd so. be getting in there trying to get our Captain America skin or whatever. If they mm -hmm. did that, I would probably be in. It, I'm not going to say I would put it down forever, but currently my mindset is the game was fun. I had my fun with it. I'm done with it for now. If something cool happens, because it's, it's an ever-changing game. So if something cool happens in the game, 
that like surprises me and makes me go, oh, this looks cool. You know, I might jump in and play. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I do agree with you on that one. So I guess we should jump to my number nine. My number nine is Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Did you play this game yet? Or do you care about Crash Bandicoot? I don't know how you how, what your opinion is on that series. I was never a big uh, Crash fan to begin with. I, I you know, I, I've been meaning to play the remakes, which are included with the Plus Collection, just to give them another shot. Because I, you know, I, I know I played Crash One and Two for for the Cartridge Club when I think Crash Two was the game of the month. But it was a franchise that, I mean, I, I I'm a big N64 guy, so I was big anti PlayStation One, which is kind of you know odd if you know about me now that I'm a big PlayStation guy. But yeah, uh, Crash was never like my guy. I was always like, ah, he's knocking on Mario. Screw this guy. So, uh, <laughs> so Crash kind of got pushed by the wayside for me growing up. Um, but don't once you tell me about Crash Four and how you think it compares to the rest of the the series, because I know you are a Crash fan. Yeah, when I was like. I don't know how old I was, but I went into a rent center one day. Okay. I was with my grandmother, who's since passed away. Rest in peace. And she was renting, I think, uh, a washer and dryer at the time, which, which is really not relevant to this conversation at all. But there was a big screen TV. Old school, school boob tube, gigantic big screen TV in this rent center And there's a PlayStation hooked to it with Crash Bandicoot 1 hooked to it. And I, this is my first experience with the 3D game ever. I know, I know Nintendo 64 was around this same era, but I had never played Super Mario 64 at this time. This is my first 3D game. Crash Bandicoot 1 is my first 3D game. So ever since then, this series has a nice soft spot in my heart. And I think they're not perfect games. They're very not imperfect in the best way. I think Crash Bandicoot 2 is probably the best one of the original trilogy it has a nice balance it has some gimmicks in there but not too gimmicky number one is just hard to be hard and it's not hard in a fun way it really fucks you over a lot of times and then crash bandicoot 3 is just 90 percent gimmick and like 10 percent crash bandicoot so i think the sequel number two is like a good balance and i think number four takes elements from all three of these games and kind of makes it almost like a perfect harmony of Crash Bandicoot. I think it plays like you remember Crash Bandicoot playing, but a little bit better. It does take that platforming you know and love, adds little things to help you out because a lot of times when Crash Bandicoot, it play it's pretty much a 2D side scroller in a 3D space. So sometimes it's hard to judge like the distance you're jumping. So what they did to like go against that notion or go against that uh, gameplay error in the past is they added like this little circle shadow so you can kind of see where you're going to land, which really helps with the platforming. And it takes all the old elements, it takes all the old villains, and they're all here with some new ones, with some new mechanics, like you have a a time stop mechanic and a couple other ones, which I don't I won't spoil because I think it's pretty fun to just kind of discover as you play. And then it has some old school elements where you get to learn some story elements, which, you know, it's Crash. There's not a lot of story, but you get to learn the backstory of Crash and Coco, how they got discovered and stuff by Cortex, how they they came to be. And for me, it's just platforming bliss. I had a good time playing this game. 
I didn't quite beat the game. That's why it's probably not further up on my list. I played probably maybe 75% of this game, but I lent the game out to my family and they moved up north with the disc copy of my game. So I don't have it anymore because they moved with it. So they got to ship it back down to me so I could beat the game or whatever. But what I played of it, I really enjoyed. I think it's a really great uh, send off or, you know, now maybe not a send off, but like a new refreshed version of Crash, which I was looking for. I think they did a really good job with what they did. So I think that's it for my number nine. We can jump to my number eight here, which is Among Us, which me and you have played together. Yeah. Good times. This is this is not a 2020 game, technically, but I feel like I'm counting it as a 2020 game because it feels like every other award show in existence is counting this as a 2020 game because it got popular in 2020. What do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? I mean, I didn't hear about it until this year, so... Um... Sorry, uh, it's it was what a small <laughs> game, and also you know politicians and celebrities are playing it on Twitch, and you know, and next thing you know, it's one of the biggest games that are out there, and there's memes and everything about this game. And I I didn't play it until to um, maybe the beginning of this month of January. Uh, played it with with Miles uh, from Block of Nerds and and you, Josh, and yeah. we had a good time. It's you know, it's you know, we. I don't know if they are, uh, it seems like it's designed to be played with, with voice, you know, and, and that, I mean, like when you do the, I, I couldn't imagine playing this without friends, like, like when you're, when you're sussing the people, cause then you, you pause the game when you see something crazy, you, you start thinking someone's the murderer or you see it, you know, the body of somebody or, you know, it's, it's, it's it seems like it's designed to be played a certain way, and uh, if you would just pick it up now and play it by yourself, I don't think you would have the same experience. It's definitely, I think, a game you need to play with friends. But when you do play with friends and you do have some sort of like communication with your friends, and you start doing the you know guess who part of the, part of the the game, it, it really becomes a lot of fun. Where you have to, uh, it's a game that it it's a lot of fun. But I think it needs to be played a certain way. I I had I, I recommend it. it. I I played it on the Switch with people who had it on PC, and it's free on mobile. Um, uh, I I had a good time with it. I I I look forward to playing it some more. And but it's also a case of probably a game I played in 2021 as well. And meh, <laughs> meh. That's my rules. Among Us is my number eight because. I had a lot of really fun community experiences. I do agree with you that this game does not work without voice chat, like at all. I don't think this game uh, with text chat works. I tried it a couple times and I literally just hated it because I couldn't say what I wanted to do. I'm trying to text type like super quick, like, no, 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 this person did this. Not as fun. It's not really worth it. So I think that in the future, if they patch in voice chat, like on the console versions or something like official, like instead of having to go into discord or whatever to talk to people i think that's a better experience than what they have currently but this game is just super fun just telling your friends that they're assholes and they're killing people and putting people on the line say no that person's the, the killer when you're the killer you know things like that it's just a good time i'm i'm gonna admit i'm pretty terrible at this game i feel like i'm a horrible liar but 
when I eventually get the lie over on some people, it's so good. It, it's very satisfying. So sorry, one of this one last thing because I just thought of this. It's it's a lot of fun when you are the sus, you know, when you are the killer and you try to pretend like you're normal. Um, like one thing I've started doing is like, and I, I've it's not probably an original idea. I've copied it from other people, but. Oh, yeah, I'm just working here. Don't worry about it. And then you take along with somebody for the majority of the game, and then, like, they'll defend you. Like, no, no, no. He was, both me and him were doing electrical, you know? And, uh, and at the very end, it'd be like, you, like, three people left, and you kill your friend. So, <laughs> the person, <laughs> and I feel bad for, for, uh, Creepy Josh, because I, I did that to him at least once. And, um, the conversation after was like, really? I, I hear this entire time I defended you this entire time, and, you kill me. Yep. And that's how I won the game. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I a hundred percent agree. It's the game. You get to kill your friends and have fun doing it. So that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's an awesome thing to have. So number seven for me is a game called sludge life. Have you heard of this game ever in your life? I have never heard of this game. So this is new to me. Okay. Paint the picture for you. This is a first person game. It's a very small indie game it has industrial like super like underground sounding indie rap music and hip-hop and like grungy electronic music in the background the art style is kind of almost hand-drawn kind of like neon soaked kind of cel-shaded but not kind of like hazy looking graphics and the whole premise of the game is it's a kind of a puzzle game and you play it in a first person perspective and you're trying to go through the different various places in the map and paint tags and uh, do puzzle platforming uh, things to get to these tags and then try to get all the tags in the world and uh, paint your your little slogan your sludge life slogan across this entire little map there's a lot of really weird characters. All the characters are either bugs or animals, and they always have some weird things to say. It's just a very uneasy game sometimes. It's a very weird game, obviously, from my description here. But I've played this game like four or five times through. There's multiple endings to it, and it's just super bizarre and weird and wonderful. I think this game is just one of the most memorable games of the year for me. And uh, it's definitely one of the weirdest games I've played in my recent memory, but I, I recommend people at least giving it a shot. I think it's been free a lot on the Epic Game Store. So if it's free, give it a shot. If it's a few bucks, give it a shot. But this game just uh, took me into this weird and kind of grungy and grimy world for a few minutes, a couple hours at a time. And I just kind of got lost in this just weird and wonderful atmosphere. Free is okay with me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird as hell, but I had to include it on in my list. I loved it. So my number six is Ghost of Tsushima, which is a sucker, sucker Punch game, which I love Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch is awesome work. Their infamous series is one of my favorite superhero games. This uh, blew me away. I love the atmosphere of this game. And the reason it's not higher on my list, I think this would... This has potential to be on top three for me if I had beaten it. But I at this point, I probably put around 20 to 25 hours into this game. I'm loving it. 
it's one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen from an art direction perspective. And from the gameplay, the gameplay is super fun. It's collectible paradise. You got a lot of collectibles and things like that. It's awesome combat, which is very fun to learn. You got different stances that work on different characters in the in the world that you have to beat down. And has the best photo mode in games, I think. Has a photo mode where you can do a lot of cool things, which for me, that's a huge selling point. The setting's super good. It just oozes atmosphere. I love the characters. The voice acting's really great. I just think this game is just one of the top tier Sony games uh, out there. And I think it's a little underrated. Honestly, I feel like a lot of people still love this game, but I feel like there are some games that overshadowed it this year. It kind of feels like the Spider-Man 2018 effect where that game was fantastic, but it got overshadowed a little bit. But this game just so far, I'm going to play some more of it on my PS5. I actually downloaded it recently. Going to enjoy the amazing 60 frame per second over there and uh, wrap it up. But from what I've played, this game has absolutely blown me away. Right on. I'm going to save my thoughts for this for further up the list. Okay, so we did my t- my 10 through my 6 so far. So we're going to do our my top 5 of 2020. But I want to go ahead and kick it to you first, Ryan. What is your number 5 for 2020? Uh, so my number 5 here, I'm going to go with the Marvel's Avengers. Uh, I know it was a game that was kind of dunked on this year with the... Uh, I don't know, it seems like there's some some hate because of the Spider-Man exclusive exclusivity going to Sony. But yeah, I, I, I had a really good time with it. it. It reminded me of a more modern version of Marvel ultimate Alliance, um, which I, I liked Marvel ultimate Alliance three last year, but there's something about it that towards the end of the game with how it kind of wraps up and the difficulty spike towards the end, it kind of turned me off. Um, this one didn't. And I had a really good time with it. I know it's a little repetitive with the gameplay, but, it's a, it was like a beat em up. It was a beat em up with a, a a story, and it, it reminded me a little bit, like I said, of the Ultimate Alliance games with a little bit of the Tomb Raider experience that you get from the the new, the more modern Tomb Raider remakes. Um, but I had a really good time with it. Uh, I I was, I like playing it with friends online, and uh, I I kind of want to go back to it. I keep holding back on on going back to it, but. That's mostly because I know there's a PlayStation 5 version coming. So, I, I mean, you might hear me repeat this, you know, like a broken record throughout this uh, last part of this episode. But there's, I, I always feel a lot of these games that I didn't touch this year or I'm holding off on playing or because I, I think there's a PlayStation 5 upgrade coming. So, I, I it either held me back from 100% beating the game or... Um, just I know it's my excuse to come back. So it's kind of like, I don't know. And that's this case with Avengers. So uh, I had a really good time with it. I, I would recommend it, picking it up on a sale. Um, and there's more DLC coming with story packs. So I, I don't know. I, I need to come back to it. But I'm just, I think I'm just going to hold off until that PlayStation 5 patch comes through this sometime this year. I actually saw it today on Gamefly for $15. Ooh. Definitely worth fifteen, right? At least. I mean, up there, up there, giving you the case, and I don't think there's a book with this one, you know, yeah. like that's modern game, but it's definitely worth it. I, I would say there's no, the only thing that might be like a card, and the inside is like an, a day one card for like the skins, but hey, if they're throwing that in there, it might be worth a grab, you know. Yeah, definitely. I, 
I it's one of those I played the beta and I wasn't super like blown away, but I kind of I just want to see the story so and see Kamala Khan in a video game and see what her story does and everything. I think that it'd probably be worth my time to check it out. So it's going to be one of those things where I get the PS4 version on a deep discount, maybe on the Gamefly sale, like I said, and then check out the upgrade when it comes out. Mm-hmm. So my number five here is Hades. Have you played some Hades or are you interested in it or anything like that? Just a little bit. I snagged it. Um, There was a Christmas sale on the Nintendo uh, eShop store. And I was fortunate to win the Cartridge Club um, $20 to any, you know, gaming platform of your choice, you know, award from the from being a Patreon member. Um, Mm -hmm. And I it was on sale. Uh, I, you know, I think it was holding off for maybe a physical edition or something like this. But I kept seeing, oh, it's a game of the year candidate. So I I snagged it for for a sale price. I want to say it was $20. Um, but still it was, um, it was exactly what I, so I basically, the cartridge club, uh, gifted me Hades. So I, I have Hades. I played it for a little bit, but, uh, then that PlayStation five came around. So yeah, so it. you kind of just fell off, but I got this game on, on Epic game store, uh, for some decent discount. I feel like they always have sales over there. So I got that game. I've probably put 30 hours into it or so, maybe 40 at this point. I haven't completely beat the game, so I guess maybe minor spoilers is once you first beat the game, you don't beat the game. You have to beat it 10 times to get credits. Mm. So I've beaten it twice at this point of this recording, and I love the game. I think the gameplay is sublime. I think it's one of the best top-down action games ever made, period, hands down. I think that it's from the variety of weapons, from the power-ups that you get, which are called boons in the game, from the storyline, the storyline actually is very good. They do a good job with taking the roguelike elements and weaving that into a storyline. So every time you die and repeat the story, you get a little bit more dialogue from different characters in the world, and you learn a little bit more about each character. And it's just one of those games that... The more you play, the more you kind of fall in love with because you realize how good it is and how well crafted it is. I think that it's one of those games I can see myself just keep on grinding and trying to eventually get that 10th beat to get the credits for in this new year. Uh, I love it. I think it's a great game. How long do you think it takes to if you can make it through? Because I, I couldn't make it through. I, th- I made it through. You have to make it what through 10 levels to, to get considered a beat or how long do you think does it take before you get through a, a beat session? I guess, you know, I would say it's like a 60 hour game. Like, honestly, no, no, I mean, like you said, you have to beat it 10 times. So uh, if you do an actual beat, like, I feel like that only took like two hours, maybe gotcha. when I did the two beats, like if you get good enough, you beat the bosses and you get through it, like takes a little, maybe not even, even two hours, like a little over an hour or something like that. But you know, the rep- repetition and a messing up and you're trying over and over again to get to the 10 beats, probably going to take you 50 hours, 40, 50 hours, whatever, you know, to get those 10 beats. But it's, uh, I have it on my PC, so it's a little weird for me. I don't love sitting at my desk to play it. So I have to like switch inputs to play it on my TV, but it came out on switch and I'm like, I'm loving this game so much that they have a, a save transfer. So if it ever goes on sale on Switch, I think I'm going to pick it up there and transfer my save to Switch so I can just play it on handheld whenever I'm watching TV and stuff, you know, or whatever, doing any whatever else thing I'm doing in my life. 
I can grab my Switch and play a little Hades and uh, have my fun there. It's just a really fun game. I think it's uh, from the gameplay and, and the music, the artwork, everything. It's just, I think it's literally a masterpiece of a game. I think everybody should check it out if you haven't. Um, it's not higher on my list because I didn't completely beat it, but I think this is per- pretty much a perfect spot for this year or for 2020 for me to have it at. So we're going to go ahead into our top four. What's your number four game of 2020, Ryan? So my number four game of 2020 is Streets of Rage 4. So four and four. Uh, I had a really good time with it. It uh, It is definitely worthy of the handle Streets of Rage, in my, my opinion. I had a really good time with it. I love how it plays. Um, I played it courtesy of Game Pass until my physical uh, copy arrived. Um, I know there's a lot more, there's a lot of unlockables to go through it, and the music is fantastic, especially the, I think the, the track's called Rise Up, um, but it's the track where if you're playing the elevator level, um, it's, it's such a great track. I absolutely loved the music in the game, and I, it, it's a really good time. I, I can't recommend it enough. Um, I hope people aren't upset that it's being ranked four on my list. It's just, I had a, I had a really good time with it, and I just, these games that are ahead of it are, or just a little bit better in my eyes. Um, I, I do plan to go back and play it some more. I only played it, uh, beat it with my favorite character in the series, Blaze. Um, and I know there's definitely more characters to to unlock and play it in the game. So um, I, I had a great time with it. And yeah, play it. It's a good time. It's uh, I downloaded it to my Xbox and I just never I never jumped into it. So if anybody wants to get mad at anybody, get mad at me for not playing it. <laughs> but yeah that's that seems like a pretty solid pick uh, i think that a lot of people this year just had a good time with that one i i think it surprised a lot of people because it doesn't have that pixel art art style um mm-hmm. the music's pretty good too right i listened to a little bit of the music there i, I thought it sounded pretty good i just want to say basically i love the art style too so i know you mentioned the pixel style that, that, that didn't bother me actually, i actually kind of like the hand-drawn animations uh more so i know there are pixel characters to be unlocked like you can unlock their skin some Streets of Rage one, two, and three, I believe, as well, uh, in the game. I haven't done it yet because you have to beat it numerous times, but I, I really enjoy the the art style of the game. That's awesome. I I think it was I think it's beautiful. I really do. I I know a lot of people are nostalgic for that pixel art style, but I'm okay with something looking a little bit di- bit different. Uh, has that feel for the classic style with the new style mixed in with it. That's that's awesome to me. I, lo- I love that the f- I love the fact that I'm talking about Crash Bandicoot Four and you're talking about Streets of Rage Four. You know what I mean? That we're talking about mm-hmm. these classic revivals. I love that. Let's go ahead and talk about my number four, which is Tony Hawk One Plus Two HD. Is this cheating? I don't know if it is or not, because this is just a revival of the old games. Do you think it's cheating? Nah, it was remade for the console. Yeah. I- I think they nailed it. I think that's why it's on my list, because if they didn't nail it, I wouldn't be talking about it right now. I think this is uh, it brought back those games. It made it modern. It took the old style gameplay. I think the thing they did the best with this game is they took the two games and they added all the moveset from the game up to Tony Hawk 4. So you have all the moves all the way up to Tony Hawk 4, which makes these maps come to life even more especially in Tony Hawk 1, because in Tony Hawk 1, you didn't have the revert, you didn't have the manual, you didn't have a lot of these moves that you're used to playing with in the later Tony Hawk games. 
and going into school, the original school, with all these moves and just being able to shred it up, get amazing score points, you know, get your combo up really high and just have a blast. The game is beautiful. The HDR on these modern consoles is just phenomenal. It looks so good and it runs so buttery smooth. It has the original soundtrack with extra tracks. Like I think they added like 20 extra tracks. And it's pretty much the best remake, or at least up there as one of the best remakes I've ever experienced. Uh, it's taking my nostalgia and making it modern, which I love. So this game just blew me away. I was so happy to jump back into Tony Hawk and just like, I was so excited for this. I played the demo, which is literally just the original garage stage from Tony Hawk 1 over and over again. I probably put like 15 hours just into that demo. That's how excited for this game I was. Just trying to rack up higher score points and everything. That thing didn't even have objectives and I played it that much. So I just have a deep fondness for this game. I put so much time into it. And I love it so much that I haven't beat Tony Hawk 2 completely yet. I've played all the stages. But I'm kind of trying to savor it. Because I don't know if there's going to be a Tony Hawk 3 plus 4 or anything in the future. So... I kind of try to savor some of the objectives and I haven't completely 100%ed it yet or anything because I was like, you know, I want to save a couple of objectives if I, in case I want to jump in and just enjoy it later on, you know. But such a good game. Can I ask, is there a way to skip the tutorial? Because I started it up and they stuck me in the tutorial. I'm like, I already know all these moves and it didn't seem like I could skip it at all. So I, I just got, I kind of like, I had to go somewhere then after, and I just never came back to it. Like, I was trying to, I was like, all right, I'm just going to play that warehouse level real quick and just mess around. And they're like, oh, you got to do this tutorial. And I'm like, what? And so I <laughs> end up doing, I think I end up doing the basic tutorial. And it's like, let's go to advance. I'm like, oh, I was like, I already know all these moves. I've been playing these games for years. Yeah, so I, th I, I, I think there's a way to skip it. I, I don't really yeah. remember, honestly, <laughs> on that part. Yeah. But if you... I think it's worth your time, man, if you want to jump into it and play them. I know it's those games, but it's really easy to fumble something like this. And I think they just absolutely just destroyed it, nailed it. So, so good. So, what's your number three game from 2020? My number three game is a game that I think started off 2020, came out pretty early in 2020. And then I think it kind of... Uh, fell off people's radar was resident evil three the remake for it um i i i had a great time with it i've always said that resident evil three is probably my least favorite of the you know the tank control classic style resident evil games it's always been my least favorite and I, it just i don't know it just never was a one that set with, well with me when two has always been one of my favorites I thought this was a much better experience. I, I had a great time with it. Um, it makes me excited for the other Resident Evil games coming out in the series. Like, I guess, Remake of 4 is coming out. Um, but no, I, it, it makes me want to have a Code Veronica remake. Or even a remake again of the first game. Uh, I, 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 I had a really good time with it. And I liked how they kind of even tied in a little bit of, of 2 to this game. So I, I enjoyed it. I know they attacked on that. Uh, online multi multiplayer game, which I still have never tried, but and this one's shorter than than Resident Evil Two, but 
I had a really good time with it. So I, 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 I recommend it if you're a fan of the Resident Evil series uh, and aren't the biggest fan of three. Um, I know some people who are fans of three didn't like that slight changes or removal of a level, but didn't bother me none. I had a really good time with it. So play it. Yeah, I, you know me, I'm not the hugest Resident Evil fan, but I did hear from word of mouth that people didn't like three as much as two. But to you, did it live up to three, two as much, or was it just as good? It it wasn't as good, but then again, I'm a big fan of two. Two's my favorite one in the series, and I thought two, there was more bells and whistles that came with two, with like, they, they had like free DLC, um, and three didn't get this free DLC, like two did, but I think it's me, because two overproduced, and they were really concerned about trying to sell the online game for it. So it's it seems like they're trying to say, oh, well, you're getting two games for the price of one. But I, I was just there for the story mode, so. Awesome. I, this is a hole in my friend, uh, my like back backlog is Resident Evil just in general. I've played, I played a little bit of two. I've played four multiple times the first few hours. I've played five a good amount. I've played seven a good amount. It's just, I never stick with them till the end. So this is actually on my list this year. This franchise is to stick with one of them. So just a tangent, which game do you think I should play through? I've, I've played through maybe like four or five hours or seven and I kind of got stuck. Do you think I should just kind of try to figure that out and finish that up? Or do you recommend me trying a different one? You said number seven or yeah, seven, four, five, seven. I, I mean, I, I think I like seven a lot. To me, seven was the revival of the franchise where I, I for the longest time said Resident Evil's dead. Um, I, I was not, I beat five. Is it five, five and six? They're fine games. Even four. It's a fine game. Um, but those aren't Resident Evil games in my eyes. Like four, four is a very, very good game, but is it a really good Resident Evil game? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, controversial opinion there, but if I was going to recommend one to you, I would say if you if you had it, I would say give Resident Evil Two Remake a try. I would say because I I liked all the modern improvements, the free DLC, like they really kind of went above and beyond with like thanking the people for buying the game. Um, Seven, I had a really really good time too. So if you like the first person mode, I don't know if, I don't know if everyone likes that. I know I know at least one person was not happy that Resident Evil One first person mode. Um, didn't bother me none because the game was creepy and I had, you know, lots of good scares. Um, but I think the basis of Resident Evil is kind of two. So I would, if I was going to recommend anyone, I would do two remake. So, okay. Well, like I said, I played a lot of seven that the first person didn't bother me, but two, I did play a demo and I did enjoy the demo of that. So maybe I'll play both of them. We'll see how it goes. This year is kind of loosey goosey for me. Nothing's kind of sticking out too much for me. Like, triple a wise but we'll talk about that later but like maybe i'll play both of them we'll see i i'm super interested to actually finally dive into that series at least a little bit get my toes wet you know get my feet wet anyway that's an awesome pick for your number three so i'm gonna jump into my number three which is spider-man miles morales which you talked about earlier in this game i did Mm -hmm. beat in january this year i beat it a couple weeks ago but like i said i I didn't get my PS PS5. I want to, and I played this game in in 2020 also, like you mentioned. I got it for my PS4 in early December, somewhere somewhere around those lines. Played a few hours. 
and then I waited and beat it on PS5. But it's not Spider-Man 2018, but it's a shorter version of that game. And I think the stuff they cut, they cut a lot of the fat, a lot of the stuff that was frustrating about the first game. You know, a lot of the, like, random crimes that you had to get, which were a little frustrating. And then the Sable stuff was, like, super hard to, like, fight. And they were sometimes frustrating and maybe a little OP at times, a little cheap at times. But playing this game, I just had such a good time discovering Miles Morales' story, uh, meeting all the characters in his life, and going through kind of a... I guess this feels kind of like a side story. It's a side story, I guess, but I put enough time into it to make it feel like a complete journey. I know a couple of people have complained that the story kind of moves a little too fast. Like they don't develop the villain quite enough a couple of times or they don't develop uh, various characters in the story enough. I'm not going to spoil anything here, but I think that this game really just lived up to the original Spider-Man 2018 and uh, improved in a lot of ways, especially the Venom powers with the electric attacks. I think that really adds a lot to the gameplay. It adds a lot of variety. Uh, taking out some of the gadgets was good, a good idea. Having it focused on just four basic gadgets and not eight. I thought that was cool. So you had your four basic gadgets and then you had your Venom powers that you can kind of combine together, which made it fascinating and interesting to play. Uh, this is one of the most beautiful games I've ever played, uh, especially with the 60 frames per second. Uh, they had a performance ray tracing mode, which I was kind of bouncing between the ray tracing and the non-ray tracing performance mode as I played, and I thought both of them looked great for different reasons. Like, I think the one without ray tracing looked more lively because there was more people in the environment, but their performance ray tracing in buildings was so nice because you saw all the awesome reflections, and it just looked, looked stunning. The voice acting's great. The storytelling is just wonderful. This is... Uh, one of those games that uh, 2018 Spider-Man was my game of the year in 2018. And this is just a perfect follow-up to that, in my opinion. No, I, I I had a really good time with the game as well. It's a great launch game. Uh, most of the time, you get, like when you get a console's launch game, it's um, they generally are shorter. Because, you know, it, they're mostly there, I guess, to show off the console. And uh, I mean, I wonder, I almost wonder if this was planned DLC or this and they decided to hold off and get it gussied up for the PlayStation five. But, um, and I hate to say it's like you know, DLC, but it's, I mean, I guess I will adhere to the complaint that it, it ends quick because I wasn't expecting, I thought I had at least another hour or two before the game was going to end. Also then bam, they give you the warning saying, Hey, you're on the final mission. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, and granted I have lots of side missions to do, but I was always would just do like one, two side mission. Okay, and then here's another story. Okay, one, two side mission. Here's another story. And then I, I wasn't ready for it to end when it ended. So, yeah. So, it, if I was going to complain about one thing about the game, it's, it's that. It is a little short. I do think it's Lost Legacy, Uncharted Lost Legacy fodder, where that's a shorter game, but that is one of the strongest Uncharted games. I feel like this is a shorter Spider Man game, and it's not quite 2018 levels to me. I don't think it lives up completely to that game because the game just had so much more to it but mm. as an extension as an expansion pass game and kind of made its own standalone thing out of an expansion pass kind of similar to lost legacy which is easy to draw those par parallels i think it's a great experience and it just really makes me hope and wonder what spider-man 2 is going to look like built straight from the ps5 like 
built off of that, not thinking about last gen at all, building a straight next gen experience with Spider-Man. It's going to be pretty wild because this game is just a technical marvel. It's so beautiful. And uh and uh, like I said, the story is just so well told and I I I really loved it. I do think like you said it's a little short on the short side. It does kind of end abruptly and I do have side stuff to do still and I'm going to get that platinum, but I do think this game is wonderful and worth your guys' time. So let's go ahead and jump onto our awesome top two. You go ahead and shoot your top two at me. What do you got? Number two here. Number two for me is Ghosts of Tsushima. Um, Ooh. It was it was it was up there for me. I I, I platinum it, uh, and I kind of regret doing that now because. As a reward, I think for overselling on on the PlayStation Four, the they gave a PlayStation Five patch where it's like four uh, K sixty frames, and and they added the um, what is that called the the multiplayer mode where you can um, raid raid mode where you can play with friends online. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping I have friends who can actually who who actually want to do it because I actually I want to dip back in. I I kind of I had such a great time like I said I it's an easy platinum but I wanted to platinum it because the game was great. I love the combat. I love the dual system with the game where if you see you know these I don't want to say bad samurais but you see people on the road and as a samurai you, you know you, you can you can be I guess the ghost you could be little bit evil and like just you know sneak and kill him from behind or you can kill him with honor where you know, challenge him to a duel um and i love the whole duel pose and it's basically you wait for them to make the first move and then you unleash and slash them there's a moment in the game and i want to say it's close to the third act maybe it is even in the third act because and i really wish i remember what the name of the mode is off the top of my head but it's kind of like you press R3 and L3 together, and it's kind of like, I want to say it's like beast mode, where you just go absolutely ape on people. Like, it gives you, I don't know, it's super samurai powers, basically, where you just, <laughs> you just, if you see a big guy wearing extra armor, you don't have to worry about it. You're be cutting through him like it's butter. So, and it's it's one of the great moments, like, um, cinematic, I would say, like, no, I would say cinematic, but it's like, when it happens in the game, you're like, nice, this is awesome it just, it comes at a right time in the game and, it, and I, I i look forward to more from this franchise i regret playing it on the ps4 because of the patch like i really wish i would have saved it for the ps5 but with how much i had fun with it and getting kind of a little next gen experience so my little regrets if you if you haven't played it yet and you're planning getting a playstation 5 save it for your playstation 5 Okay. Yeah, and like I said, that was my one of my earlier games and I'm glad to see it so high on your list. It makes me excited to finally wrap it up, man. Like I think this game is just a masterclass. So I'm I'm happy to see it this high on yours. You know, you know one one final thing on this. It was a game I was very lukewarm on too cuz I'm usually never one to jump on a new franchise right away. It just came out like a couple days before my birthday. So it was one of those things where I was like, you know what? This is one of the things I'm just going to treat myself with. I had no game going on at the time, and it sucked me right in. So it's one of those ones where I'm glad I jumped on it, as opposed to waiting to like a Black Friday deal or something. So Awesome, man. So I'm going to jump into my number two. It is Astro's Playroom. 
That's my number two of the year. Short and sweet. Captured my imagination. It's okay. So this game is pretty much a 3D platformer. It's it's like you said earlier, like way earlier in the podcast, that it's pretty much Super Mario 64 for the PlayStation. It's not quite as classic or as good as Super Mario 64, probably, but this thing really just sold me on PlayStation 5. The controller, the haptic feedback for the PlayStation 5 is just just beautiful, wonderful. It just blew me away. I loved it. And the mechanics of learning all the different little robots and little suits you can wear, like the monkey suit and the frog suit with the springs and everything, was just so good. I just had a smile on my face from the jumping off point of this game. And this game is free. Like, you just get it with your PS5. I guess if you want to be technical, it's a $500 tech demo, right? Because you get it with your console. But I, it is a tech demo, but it, it, I played it for five hours. I had a, such a fantastic time, like just going through the world, getting the platinum, I got the platinum trophy on this and just experiencing what these people did with this controller and this new tech, because I love tech. I don't obsess over it like some people do, but when I get something that's super cool and feels futuristic, like the first time you pull those triggers, and they do that little tech demo at the beginning with like the rockets on your controller and you feel the haptics, you feel like the controller like come to life in your hands. And then you feel the triggers have that resistance that just feels so wonderful. And I think that just think everything about this game just blew me away from the PlayStation nostalgia too. Like finding just a PSP freaking like camera. You know, who had a PSP camera? Nobody, but it's in this game, you know, just finding all that little cool stuff they render out the models for all these different playstation you know items and just living in the nostalgia feeling the the controller and just experiencing the game i just i just had an absolute blast so that's why it's so high on my list not to mention there's like homages kind of where it's like oh this is the playstation 2 kind of era where you're seeing pyramid head and like astro uh, astrobot take on that or an astrobot parody of dante from devil may cry where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's, you know, like, little, like, even, like, franchises that didn't belong to him. Like, there's Final, a nod to Final Fantasy VII. And, you know, like, things that people, I think, associate with PlayStation and those little robots are doing tributes to her is just a nice little touch. Yeah, like, each, so pretty much the concept of the game is, like, each area is a different era of PlayStation. So, you'll see a lot of references. Like, you go to PS1, you'll see some Ape Escape dudes. You see some Metal Gear Solid 1 guys. Go to PS3. You see some Killzone dudes. Like, it's just so cool. Like, it just... I don't know. I It just gave me the good vibes. I was super stoked to have a PS5 because that was a struggle to get one. It was a pain in the ass. It was probably the, one of the worst console launches of all time, which I'm sure we, me and you could have a conversation about that another time or something. But, yeah, I don't think this launch was very well done. But getting the console in my hands, trying out this demo, which is, like I said, all intents and purposes, it's just a tech demo. But it turned out to be one of my favorite games of 2020. So, man, all this talk conversation leads to our very favorite number one game of 2020. What is yours? My favorite game from 2020, and if you probably haven't heard it announced by now, you probably know what it is. It's The Last of Us Part Two. Um, and I've said this before on our CC extra for the game. I didn't like it as much 
I, or maybe, I don't know. I, I know it's a better game than the first Last of Us, but I think I still like the first Last of Us better. Yeah. But the, the, it's the one game I keep coming back to the more I think about it. You know, when I think about 2020, I think about the games I played. Um, I, I, and I know people like to joke about Naughty Dog and the cinematic experiences, but not one piece of media this year, 2020, hit me like like the last of us part two did where like i think about the movies i watched and the shows i watched in the video games i played nothing hit me like that game did where i mean the performances from all the actors in the game and the gameplay is great too don't get me wrong but it's the story stuck with me a lot and like i, I still think about this game i i do want to go back and play it and i'm hoping a playstation 5 patch comes around because i really do want to replay the game um, I'm holding up that there will be a patch. I'm assuming there's going to be one, if not a PlayStation 5 version. But uh, yeah, it's this one thing I can say about this game is out of all the games I played from that year, nothing stuck with me quite like The Last of Us Part 2. So my number one is Last of Us Part 2. Ah. Yeah, so we both agree here, man. So- like all the things you said, I'm just like nodding in approval. Like, hell yeah. Like, probably the best performance in game, maybe in gaming, like ever. Best facial capture, probably ever. Best environmental storytelling, probably ever. Best storyline for a game, probably ever. Best music, you know, that's that's subjective. All this is subjective, but to me, this game is just a masterclass in storytelling. It's a masterclass in gameplay. It's a masterclass in everything it does. It is really hard to top this game. This game is more than a game to me. It was an experience and it just really blew me away, made me feel many emotions, made me, uh, it just captured me from start to end. I could not put this game down. I literally binged this game for 12 hours straight one day because I just had to see what was next. I just had to see the next moment. I had to see the next interaction. I had to experience the next stealth sequence. I think this is one of the best stealth games I've played in quite some time. I think they do such a good job in building these stealth playgrounds where you can just do what you want. I think they do a really good job with that. And it's one of the best games of all time, period. When, whenever I, I've come back to it several times, like the soundtrack, but mostly even just like, I mean, the, the renditions of future days throughout the game too, it always like sticks with me where I, I will play those, that version. Like when I'm just listening to video game tracks or something at work, killing time. I'll pop that on every once in a while. Just and like I said, I I hear it and it still sticks to me with the moments from what happens in this game where I'm like, damn, yeah, that was that was something else. So it's I don't know. I I had such a good time with it. I still think about it, and I love to replay it. So yeah, I think that the performances and the it's brave storytelling. I think that what they did here with this game, I'm I'm trying to be as vague as possible. Obviously, if you haven't played the game, but they do take a turn with this game that you don't expect to be taken. And they do a lot of brave choices with the storyline. Like I I can think of five probably on the top of my head that you probably don't expect coming and to happen. And it blow it like, it will shock you. It's very shocking and kind of a almost like, uh, I don't know. This takes you off guard and they do such a good job with doing those moments and then they make you love characters you don't expect to love and hate characters you don't expect to hate and i just i just love what they did with this game and uh it's really stuck with me too i agree with all the things you said where i just when i think about this game 
I just, uh, I get lost in it. I think, man, what a fucking game. It was my most anticipated game of 2020, and it, it delivered. You know, like lots of times, things don't deliver, and this is one of the cases where it did, so. Absolutely. So, I think that's our it. It's it for my 2020 list, or our 2020 list. After this little bumper, we're going to jump into some old games we played in 2020 that we want to give a shout out to. So I have a little list here of my older games that I played in 2020. I have a I have a top five actually, but I think that you have a top three, right, from 2020 that are older games. Correct. The top three I would say that for me that I played from the games were in 2020 releases were Astrobot VR, uh, Ratchet and Clank, and Bloodborne. Um, all, all four place, all, all three PlayStation Four exclusives, but I had such a good time with all of them. I want to mention with Ratchet and Clank that I played the the original PlayStation Two game, and you know when I beat it the first time, I was kind of lukewarm on it. You know, it didn't really, didn't really, you know, tickle my fancy, if you will, or it didn't. You know, I I hear there's a lot of love for the franchise, and it didn't sell it to me. I felt like felt like ratchet was a jerk <laughs> and I, I understand some of the reasons why people like this because they like seeing the pro- progress over the games of him becoming less of a jerk into a better person but he was very unlikable in that game for me and i don't know maybe some of the same some of the gameplay maybe was a little bit dated too but the remake such a better experience for me i had such a great great time playing the game i loved it i loved that ratchet wasn't a jerk is very like both characters Ratchet and Clank were very likable. Gameplay great. I I can't speak more of it. I love the remake. Um, I know, like I said, I know some people don't like it, like it that he's not a jerk because they like seeing the progress. But to me, the remake was great. I I can't speak more of it. Bloodborne we played for the Cartridge Club. It was my first From Software game that I actually beat and played. You know, I, I know I played a couple times where I started up here and there, but playing along with the club was something else. And I loved it. By the time at the end of it, I, I loved the whole um, parry system with it, with uh, stunning with the gun and then kind of ripping out the, the monster's hearts and everything. I, I kind of got pretty decent at it. And um, Astrobot VR is, you know, I know they mentioned it prior with it being the Mario 64 for the VR, but it's true. You know, you play it, and it's one of those things where it's like you, you wish more people took the time to develop for the VR and have that kind of experience. Because, you know, like the like it does for the Astrobot Playroom, uh, it does for the VR. Same exact thing. Where for the controller, you're doing it for the PlayStation VR, and it's such a good time playing that too. So, yeah, this year I I jumped into some Bloodborne, and I've played a lot of hours into it but I'm terrible at it, but I do see that loop kind of like growing in on me. And the thing is, is I, in the back of my head, I like back of my mind, I think that maybe perhaps they'll do like a remaster or like a patch to make it 60 frames per second or something. So it's kind of like, do I want to like put a ton of time into this? Cause who knows, maybe they might patch it and make it 60 frames, you know, on the PS five. I don't know, but from what I played of Bloodborne, I love it. And uh, Astrobot VR, I agree with you 100%. I love that game to death. It's so good. 
So I have a top five. I'm going to run through my top five really quick like you did. So my number five is Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. My number four is Sayonara Wild Hearts. Number three is Jedi Fallen Order. Number two is Outer Wilds. And number one is Death Stranding for a top five from old games I beat in 2020 that uh, stuck out to me. And I'll just go over these real quick. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines was a PC game I played for Quicksave Club, which is part of the Cartridge Club uh, feed and everything. And it was a Fallout-like before Fallout was a thing, or the first-person Fallouts were a thing. And it really blew me away. I thought the storyline was really well told, and I loved the interactions between the characters. Uh, the gameplay was janky as hell. It's a very buggy game, but the entire experience is one I won't forget anytime. I thought they did a really good job with it. The Sayonara Wild Hearts for my number four is an indie game which is pretty much a short and sweet music game with one of the best soundtracks you'll ever hear in music. It's pretty much a entire album made by a group turned into a soundtrack and turned into a game. And the way they do the like the gameplay, the little mini games that you do, and then like the, just how you go through this album as a video game is breathtaking it really will take you on a journey and it just will make your jaw drop a couple times i think it's really beautiful and really well done for number three we got jedi fallen order which is a souls like star wars game which actually was on my 2019 list i think i had it at number seven or six something like that this game finally wrapping it up early in 2020 I thought the storyline was beautiful. I thought they did such a good job making me give a rat's ass about these characters that I never knew about, uh, tying it into the Star Wars franchise and uh, having some really fun gameplay along the way. It does have some jank around the edges, but honestly, it's a very unfor unforgettable Star Wars game. And as a huge Star Wars fan, it's just one of those that's going to be living in my memory. And hopefully the sequels improve upon the formula they started with this game and recently patched for new consoles. Yeah, I actually was looking at that. I was like, dude, should I jump into this again? I know if I start oh. that game again, I'm just going to go through the whole thing. I, like I bought that. it for Xbox. I bought it for Xbox one and now I kind of want to sell it. So I get the PlayStation five remake, you know, so I don't know. That's the thing is I have to wait for it to be on sale again and may I'll flip my Xbox version or if anyone wants to trade Xbox for PlayStation four, let me know. Hit yeah. me up. Yeah, I got it on PS4 initially, so I actually almost bought it on Xbox back when it came out, but or like a little after it came out, but I didn't, so I'm kind of happy I didn't. <laughs> anyway, um, another game that people have told me for many years to play, which is Outer Wilds, my number two here, is one of those games that I will never forget. It's a, a 22 minute time loop at the end of the universe. So basically, you go through trying to discover what happened to this fallen alien species. And basically what you do is you go through, you go to do these different, like extremely intense and oftentimes pretty frightening planets. And you explore different buildings and environments to just piece together the storyline and how to get to the end goal and to get credits for the game. And it's a game about loss. It's a game about, uh, hope it's a game about discovery discovery and um new beginnings and 
It's a game that has one of the best endings of all time, and it really blew me away. I thought th I think this game is just a masterclass in storytelling. It's definitely one of those that is meticulous. You have to take the time. You have to learn everything. You have to not get frustrated. You have to stick to it. If you don't stick to it, you're not going to get it. And I learned that because I tried this game multiple times and never stuck to it. And then I had some days off. I took some days off from work. I'm like, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to play this game. And then when I'm done with this game, I'm going to play a few more games. But over the course of my days off, I ended up just playing this game and just getting immersed in this world. And uh, it's definitely on one of my favorite games of all time now. So, uh, And if you're listening to this, there's going to be an Indie Quest episode where we go super, super deep into spoilers. So that's coming up pretty soon, probably in the next month or so. So check that out when that launches. And my number one game that is an old game I played in 2020, beat and loved to death, was Death Stranding. Kojima did it again, man. Kojima did it again. I was pretty skeptical of this game. I didn't buy it when it launched. I didn't have a lot of money at the time when it launched, just to be completely frank with you. But I eventually got it on a sale, and I just devoured this game within a, like two to three weeks. I just played 50-plus hours of this game, just loving it. It's one of those games that tells a story in such a unique way and has some of the weirdest mechanics you'd ever think that would be in a video game. Like, literally, you're just delivering packages across the map. But... Seeing the story play out how it did, and then talking to these people along the ways, you know, and dealing with the systems and learning all the little intricacies and little, little weird jokes that Kojima throws into his things. A lot of weird moments of, like, weird beauty. There's, like, a lot of beautiful things that happen that's kind of weird and out there that you never would see unless it was tailored and kind of, you know, made by Kojima. And the gameplay is weird and wonderful and i just think that it's one of those games that i think about all the time so death stranding is just about it one, yeah it's yeah it was, it's, it was my i don't mean to talk over you man but it was definitely my game ahead. of the year two years definitely my two my, my 2019 game of the year definitely was i glad you got got around to it because it it's just a great game i i, I still think about it I, I want to platinum the game i was really hoping with that five-year announcement they'd be like oh and here's a playstation 5 patch mm -hmm. for you you know because there's a pc version of the game where yeah you, you, you hope you get bumped up you know like maybe the you know dynamic 4k and uh you know 60 frames so it's like the pc version but i don't know i, I had such a great time on the playstation 4 version where I, I, I kind of want to platinum a game. I, I, I it's a game I, I, I think I'm gonna definitely platinum in twenty twenty one because I, I want to go back and play this game. It's something where I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll come back to it because I have a few deliveries I can make and finish building this one final piece of road here and I just never did it. And it's something I mean to do when I go back to platinum and so hopefully sometime this year I can do that because it's a game I miss. Um I would love, like I said, I know I'm repeating myself, but I would love a PlayStation Five port just so I can go back and play the game probably again. The the thing about this game is they give you a lot that you can do. Like, they give you a lot of tools and a lot of kind of toys to play with. So I yeah. got super deep into doing those, uh, what are they, like the zip lines across maps. Mm -hmm. So, and, and it's such a cool multiplayer idea. I do think that 
I did talk about this pod, this game on the podcast when I was playing it, but uh, hey, I'm repeating myself, I'm sure. But that's been so long, who cares? Anyway, you make the the zip lines, and you kind of feel or anything. You make a road, you make anything, and the thing the intuitive multiplayer makes that all that like really act together in this like beautiful way. So you do feel like, hey, I'm doing this for me, but hey. I'm doing this for like the 50 or 100 or 200 or 1,000 players that are going to play after me that go on this road that gets spawned in on their map. So it's kind of like this weird multiplayer game at the same time, which is just so unique. Who who th- who thinks of these things? And who does? It's Kojima. Kojima's a yeah. badass. Dude, This I-, I love all the Metal Gear Solid games, right? I love them to death. Metal Gear Solid 5, I've never beat. But I loved it. I played a ton of hours on that game. I, I probably should go back and beat the end, see the ending of that game, honestly. But every game he played, he he makes, is weird and wonderful in its own unique way. And I think this game does the same thing. And I pretty much, I'm a stand for Kojima. I think whatever he puts out, I'm going to try it out, even if I don't think it's going to be my bag. I, he said he's going to be do a horror game. I'm not the biggest horror game fan, but it's Kojima. I'm going to play it, you know. No, I know. Um, I, I I am a stan as well. I trust them now. When I remember people people questioning me seeing Death Stranding, and everyone's like, "What the hell am I seeing here with these trailers?" And then I remember Sean and Musty both going like, "Why? What? What? What about this that you saw?" And I'm like, "It's Kojima, man. I he I've I've learned from everything I've played from him is something I love. And until you burn, I'm very I'm very loyal until you burn the bridge." Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm very, I'm very loyal. So now, like, it could be something way out of my taste for what I'm going to try. Like, that's why I was like, well, it's going to be weird. Sure, it's weird, but I'm probably going to enjoy it. And that was the case with this here. Um, I know a few people who never have played a Kojima game, and Death Strain was their first uh, Kojima game, and they loved it. They told me straight up they loved it. And um, they're like, yeah, it's weird, but... and. I, uh, but I don't know something about it. The gameplay was was addictive, you know. And yeah, you, know, you mentioned like the people using the multiplayer where people are using your roads and everything. I remember that first time it sunk with me. Like I built these roads and I was only building really for myself. And then you see like thousand likes hit you for all using that same road that you just built. And I'm like, all of a sudden your level goes up like 18 levels. So like, whoa, what? Okay, okay, well, I'm going to keep building more roads because I want to go out more levels, you know, so keeps me going down the same exact path where I'm like, yeah, there's a story to do, but I'm going to build these roads here. And th- that sounds so stupid, but it's not. It's a lot of fun where y- you get supplies to do this stuff where I-, I, a lot of times, as opposed to just gathering in on my own, I just loved having a great time of robbing the mules, the people that try to jump you in the game, where I got to the point where you get these guns where you don't kill them, but you tie them up and... <laughs> Let's call you stun them where you're like, okay, well, I'm going to raid your camp. And you just go and you raid their camp, fill up a whole truck, take it back to your base, dump it on there or start building a road and then go back and get the whatever stuff you couldn't carry the last time. And I don't know. Sounds dumb, but it's so rewarding and fun. And they have the over over the top characters. We got Mads Mikkelsen in there just mm-hmm. hamming it up. I loved him in there. He was so good. And then we got like Norman Reedus who didn't really act too much, but he kind of plays the character just right to be the player character. I, I think that everything about this game just shines. I think that it is a really weird and wonderful game that I think that people should give a chance. If you can get it on sale and you're kind of on the fence about it, 
get it on sale. Get it for like 15 bucks. I think that it's gone sale all the time for about that much. And just try it out. Give it like five hours of your time. If you give it five hours it's, of your time and you don't like it, fine. Go ahead. You know, that's cool with me. But if you give it five hours of your time, you probably are going to fall in love with it, like, with it like we did because it just has that charm to it. So I'm going to slightly disagree with you. And I think you might have to give it more than five hours. And I say this because I think chapters two and three are the longest chapters in the whole game. Yeah. And the tur- there is a major turning point starting with chapter four. And after that, the game goes by quick, super quick. Um, and I don't want to spoil that because that was kind of like a, whoa, what is going on here kind of moment for me in this game. But then after that, like, oh, no, no, slow down, slow down, slow down. I want to go back to the slow part here. So <laughs> um, that's I would say I know there's a lot of complaints where where people are like, oh, it's a slow, slow burn. And it is until it's about chapter four. And after chapter four, the game completely swips, you know, switches what it is. Um, where I had to, I had to slow myself down because I'm like I don't want to do this mission because that's going to advance the story and I'm not ready to give up building roads yet here for for this story yet. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, 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 it's a slow burn and I I think you might need more than five hours, but don't give up on it until at least you get past chapter four. It's it's hard to say. I know some people are like, well, if it doesn't grip me this quick, but I don't know. It chapter four is a turning point and. Uh, Maybe I'm more forgiving because I was like, at first when I played this game, I gave it like two or three hours. I was like, eh, I'm good. It's kind of weird and slow. And then I gave it a few more hours to where I was about five hours. And I got to like a point where it clicked for me and I loved it. So that's where my perspective was. But I do agree that turn chapter four is something ridiculous and amazing. So the, it's one of those games where you're just wondering while churches is playing in the background. And then it's just a beautiful moment. You got to just sit there and appreciate it. Appreciate this moment for three minutes. Okay, guys, it's that type of game. So I don't know. It's just so, so cool. I think this game is just something special. It's nothing like it out there and probably nothing like it ever again. So mm-hmm. Death Stranding, my favorite old game of uh, 2020. So before we wrap up season two of frantic thoughts episode one so this is my season two i never told nobody this this has been in the back of my mind this is the start of season two of frantic thoughts so i'm glad you're here with me uh i'm still gonna count the episodes like i have been counting them like just keep going up but in my head this is a new beginning for frantic thoughts so since i took so much hiatuses there's no schedule for this show this is going to kind of be going up as I feel like making this show from now on. But expect a few episodes a month. It could be one episode. It could be four episodes. It could be seven episodes. Whatever I feel like making. This show could be 15 minutes. It could be two hours like this one's going to be. But this show is me just talking about my life and things I enjoy and love. And uh, spreading the positivity. So this show is not dying. This is a continuation of that. And speaking of continuations, we want to have a short conversation about... A few games that we're excited for in 2021 and going forward. So what's uh, a couple games? Just shoot some games out there that you want to talk about, Ryan. Well, after playing the Resident Evil Village slash 8 demo, Resident Evil 8, high on the list. I know it's coming out, I think, in May this year for my PlayStation 5. I'll be getting that. Um, I, I do recommend the demo. It's a little short, but it's just to give you, you know, like in a peek of what it looks like on a next-gen console. Recommend playing it. It's free for PlayStation 5 owners. Wink, wink. 
Playboys. Uh, Playboys. Woo woo. Um, I also, after playing Ratchet and Clank last year, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, high on the list for me this year. Hell yeah. Definitely, definitely going to be jumping on that this year. Um, I'm hoping there's some kind, something cool to like bonus wise so I can give me the excuse to get a day one. Um, but I know for sure I'll be getting it this year sometime. Um, Horizon Forbidden West. Um, uh, that and another game I'm gonna follow it up right here. God of War two said they're supposed to be this year. I know. We'll see. We'll see. It's it's hard to hard to say. You know because of people still working remote and everything. Like I still see maybe Forbidden West being a summer game I can see getting pushed to the fall and being the, you know, the big fall release for, for, for Sony. But I, I, I think, you know, that's the big question marks because there's no set in dates. I, I'm just going to say, I think for sure for horizon for Ben West comes as this year, God of war two, I think might fall in that 2022 window, but we'll see. Uh, Kenna, Kenna, is that, yes, Kena? is that how it's pronounced? I know when we saw that one trailer for it, it'll, it'll look great for when they were showing off the PlayStation 5 on the list for me to want to play this year. And uh, we'll see Breath of the Wild 2. We'll see. I know it was teased a couple of years ago. Maybe it's long lines with a Switch Pro, something or other. I need to undust that Switch. So, you know, give me an excuse to play my Switch again, Nintendo. Exactly. I know this list, yeah. this, this list is heavy PlayStation right here, but... I need my excuses to play your consoles, you know? So give me something I want to play. Um, Sony's delivering, but no one else really is at the moment. So what about you, Josh? Definitely all those games, I agree with you. I'll I'll hit them all really quickly. Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. I want to see that new tech in action. I want to see that SSD shine. I want to see that ray tracing. I want to mm-hmm. play a next-gen built-from-the-ground-up PS5 game. So I think that's going to be one of the first ones that show that off. Kena Bridge of Spirits. I love a 3D platformer. It's so beautiful. I love a little indie, like, you know, short experience. I think there's only supposed to be around six hours long. It looks really fun. I'm excited to check that out just to see what all is about with that. The gameplay trailer reminds me of a nice Pixar movie that's come to life in a video game format. So that's going to be awesome. We got Horizon. What is it? Forbidden West. Yes. And I think the little bit we've seen of that game just is jaw dropping and I'm excited to see what they do with this tech and what they do with that engine and what they do with that franchise because I loved the first game I think it was one of the best PS4 games and one of the best open world games I think I've ever played and I I'm just excited to see what they do with this new monstrous console you know and let's see what was that one All right, just completely blank. The next game I have was one you haven't mentioned yet is Deathloop. It's from Arcane Studios, and I love Dishonored. This is actually the Dishonored team is making this, and it has kind of like a funkadelic vibe to it. Um, it's a time loop game, and I've kind of been all about time loop games recently. Uh, Outer Wilds was one, and uh, another game. Twelve uh, was it? Twelve minutes, which is being promoted by Xbox, but I think it's going to be on every console and Deathloop looks pretty wild. Like it's just you trying to figure out how to assassinate these people in this like clockwork world, which I love that thing where you're trying to be stealthy and try to like P 
piece together a puzzle at the same instance. And there's some kind of like weird multiplayer mechanic where you can play, you can jump into other people's worlds and like kill them while they're trying to figure out puzzles. And it seems weird and kind of interesting and different than anything else I've ever played. And uh, like I said, 12 minutes where it's like a top down, like trying to solve like a puzzle with a time loop mechanic as well, where you do a, uh, you play through like a night over and over again, try to figure out the pieces of the puzzle. And it has like a lot of crazy voice actors in there, like Daisy Ridley and stuff. So that's going to be cool. Let's see if there's anything else that sticks out to me before we wrap up. I'll, I'll, I'll throw in Returnal. Returnal. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's a day one for me. Probably not. It's definitely a wait and see kind of thing. And I know it's a smaller, smaller, probably budget. Or studio for for this one. I know it's a Sony exclusive. It's gonna have the nice Marvel esque banner that's gonna be attached to it. Um, it's House Smart. It House Smart. Yeah, they that, did like uh, what's it called? Uh, that launch game. That uh, Res. What's that? Was it? Or was it? Was it? Oh, what should I talk about? I know what you're talking about. Uh, what was it called? That PSN launch game. The PS- Resogun. Resogun. Yeah. What is it? Resogun. Resogun. Yeah, they did Resogun. They did uh, Super Stardust. They did Next Machina. They do a lot of arcade style games. So I feel like this has that DNA in there. It's just, it, I know it's roguelike. I mean, that's the thing I think maybe it's the throwing me off a little bit. Where if it wasn't roguelike and it was like a story, I think I'd be really more hype into this one. And I know there's a story. Don't get me wrong. I know there's a story for this game here. But like, if it was more of a. I know probably the trope of it being a third-person action game, basically. I'd probably more be more like, okay, this is definitely my wheelhouse. But because it's roguelike, and it looks like it's a third-person one, kind of like, eh, we'll see. We'll see. We're definitely putting the, uh, you know, probably we'll pick it up sometime this year. It's not. Probably not a launch, but we'll see. It's 70 bucks. It's a full price Ooh. game. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, Ooh. I will wait till that's 30 You know what I mean? I'm not going to pick it up for 70 Yeah. Why don't you put that on plus right away here? Let me get a Yeah, I know. It does not feel like a $70 game. Just watching the trailers. I mean, no offense to the developers on that one. It just feels like an indie game. It feels like a $30 to $40 game. It does not feel like a $70 game, especially from the gameplay and stuff I've seen. But it does look fun. I do want to try it out, but not for $70. Okay. um, Axiom Verge 2. I'm looking forward to that. That looks cool. I more of that give me it now thank you and then uh gotham knights i'm kind of on the fence for i know you're not a huge fan of the way gotham knights looks because it's not batman technically not batman but it's not batman but i i for me i've been so excited for whatever they're gonna do i kind of want to pick it up day one but honestly i think i'm gonna wait a couple weeks just to see what people say before i pick this one up if people have positive impressions on it, then I'll grab it right away. But if not, if it's kind of middling, I'll probably wait for a sale on that one. So there's just a lot. There's a lot of random stuff next year. Well, this, um, is, this, this is stuff we know, right? There's always stuff that pops up that we don't know about, right? There's all the rumors and, and whatnot that there's always like one or two things that pops up. Your E3 will say, okay, here's the fall games, you know, and whatnot. Exactly. Like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Hype, 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 hype. So that's the thing. I know we're hurting for, for uh, what do you call it, the um, state of play and for Nintendo Direct 
and Xbox presents, we're 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 hurting for them right now. But I think that also has to to deal with um, these studios working from home, not yeah. wanting to give people hopes that it'll be a spring game and it comes out in fall. So it's kind of like, uh, I mean, I think we've seen we've seen how Cyberpunk's been received this year. That's why uh, I was thinking. Where yeah. <laughs> I think everyone's like too scared to be like we're releasing it broken and we'll patch it shortly after it where what we see like all the lawsuits coming up now and and whatnot where i think nobody wants to fall in like that trap and it should be right no one should be releasing buggy games it's you know or completely broken games that's what i should say definitely don't make promises you know you know for everything and then not deliver just just delay your game it'll be fine but it's it, it's definitely kind of, I think that's the approach that's going to be going, going on for going forward. So we'll see. These are just the games that I've seen that we kind of know that are at least announced and are projected to come out in 2021. There's always stuff that sneaks out that gets, you know, announced last second, but we'll see. Like I said, I agree with you with the Nintendo con- uh, comment too. Nintendo. I feel like I played my switch like four or five times last year. I don't feel like I played it like half as much as I should be playing it. And that's probably partially my fault because I play indies on other stuff and a lot of people just use their Switch as an indie machine and I don't. I would use it for a Nintendo machine, so I'm kind of like hurting for some Nintendo stuff. Nintendo, surprise me, please. I'm I'm here for it. I'll play. I love your games. Just give me something to play, you know? Mm-hmm. And also, Xbox, me and you are not the hugest Xbox fans, but... Give me a reason to buy an Xbox Series X. Like, I want a reason to buy one. I wouldn't mind having one just to have it to play some Game Pass because Game Pass is a good service. I'll give them that. But from the exclusive standpoint, I I don't really see nothing in like the next two to three years that I'm like super like, oh, my God, I need to play that. You know, if Halo Infinite comes out and plays pretty good on the series or the Xbox One X, which I have, I'm good, you know, so I don't know. Give me a reason to want your new system. For the, when it comes There's to no that, doubt. no, that's 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 where I'm at right now, man. Where I know I've launched or said a lot of PlayStation games here, but that's they're the ones at least kicking out stuff that's in my wheelhouse right now, or you know, and they've announced things where I'm still like dragging on Nintendo right now, or I don't know what Nintendo's game is this year, right? We don't yeah, know, exactly. so <laughs> it's kind of like okay, well, I have your console, so what do we do here, you know? Uh, the rumor is is a Zelda collection, which, if it's good, maybe I'll pick it up. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, hopefully that's not the only game, because I feel like the main game last year was the Mario collection. Like, there wasn't really much besides that. There was, like, Paper Mario and what else? Paper Mario and the, the Mario collection. That was it, right? There's mm-hmm. nothing else that I could think of. Oh, oh uh, Hyrule Warriors. What's up? Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing was a big Animal one Crossing. Oh, I always forget about Animal Crossing. I'm not an Animal Crossing guy. I should be. I like Minecraft, right? So maybe I, sh- I should love Animal Crossing. I don't know. Yeah. But nothing in my wheelhouse, I, I guess I should say, for Nintendo last year, too much. Like, I got the Mario Collection and uh, played some Mario 35, but nothing, like, blew me away. I just want to be blown away by Nintendo. Give it to me. Same with Xbox. Blo- Xbox blow me away. I want everybody to be doing good. Like I love PlayStation. Yeah. Like first and foremost, it's that's that's where my bread and butter is, obviously. And I love PC gaming too. But like, honestly, I want everybody to be doing good and putting out awesome exclusives. So we'll see what it what when, happens. 
we love video games, so that's and that's why we're here. Uh, so we just want people to deliver, and that's what we want because you know when everyone's delivering, forces you know competition to step their game up, and that's what we want. You know, I'm I'm with you. Like you know, I've been dogging the Switch, but they haven't delivered much to what I want. I, mean, I know there's games and people love them, but nothing that I've wanted you know wanted in about two years now. It seems like it's just like I don't know, kicking dust, and I don't know. It's I don't know. Whatever. I know I'm just dragging on here now. <laughs> so. All right, man. I think that we have uh, talked enough. This went a lot longer than I expect. That's not a bad thing, though. I had a good time. Um, and I appreciate you coming by and hanging out. Why don't you go ahead and plug everything you do on the internet, and uh, we'll wrap this thing up. Well, thanks for having me here, Josh. I love being here. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my boy Mark, aka Cartridge Bros Player Two. Whoop whoop! I know he listens. Mm-hmm. Uh, love you, man. Uh, <laughs> what's it called? Uh, sorry, Dean. I didn't play Final Fantasy VII Remake. I do have it. I know you're probably bummed out that we didn't talk about it. Um, I meant to play it. I I honestly do. I have the game. I bought it on Black Friday. I just had hopes that they would announce a a PlayStation Five version, which probably will happen the second I put it in my PlayStation, you know, four to play. Uh, or five, whatever. I I was just holding off on playing a version, so apologies for not playing Final Fantasy Seventeen and anyone else who uh, deemed it to be a game of the year candidate, and, I, and we didn't talk about. It. So apologies for that. I, I know it's on probably a lot of people's lists this year. I do want to uh, pick it up and play it when there's a PS5 patch. I I told myself I was going to play. I literally told myself I was going to play Resident Evil in a in a Final Fantasy this year. So. Resident Evil. The demo was a good time. The demo I had a was good pretty time good. With the yeah. Demo. So yeah, I will play it. It's definitely on the 2021 backlog. Apologies, I didn't get it in 2020. It was on my list. Probably would have been, but I just didn't get in there. So sorry, Church. Sorry, Dean, and a few others who love the Final Fantasy VII series. Um, but then again, thanks again for for having me on here, Josh, to talk about 2020 video games. You know, I love doing this every year, usually at the end of the year. Um, so thanks for having me. You can find me on Twitter. It's, it's Rocket Sauce or the Cartridge Club Discord or uh, or the Retro Fandango chat. I'm usually there when they go live. So <laughs> uh, shoot me a hello or on Instagram. Same handle. It's Rocket Sauce. All right. Well, you guys can find me on Twitter at Frantic Society. I do have some new stuff that I've cooked up in the last few months. Uh, Box Office Bliss, which is something that I've kind of like threatened to do. Like, I'm going to do a movie, a new movie podcast one day. I'm doing it. I promise. So I ended up doing a movie podcast. Pretty much the premise of that is we do it season by season. We'll take an entire franchise. We've run down every movie in the franchise and some of the extenuating content, too. So we're doing Final, uh, Final Fantasy. We're doing Fast and the Furious. Uh, by the time you listen to this, there should be a few episodes up, three or four. And we're going to do the game. We're going to do the entire franchise, including the cartoon and everything. We're going to rank it all, and then we're going to take a, probably a couple weeks off, and then we're going to do Season 2, which is an unannounced movie franchise. And each season, we just kind of pick something, and we vamp about it, and we go through every single content piece of content there is in chronological order, and uh, just have fun and goof off and talk about everything about it. It's a good time. Uh, that's Box Office Bliss, and on Twitter, that's at Box Office Bliss. And then I have another franchise, or another franchise, another podcast 
This is called Indie Quest, which is an indie podcast which talks about indie games with a good buddy of mine, uh, Blinkoom on Twitter, or Steve from Polykill. And uh, that's part of the Polymedia Network now. And uh, it's a good podcast. I have a good time over there. We talk about indie games. We're interviewing devs now, apparently. That's something we're doing. And uh, just talking about games that are smaller and uh, deserve a little bit more sunshine. And we sign that sunshine on them. Figured I would give you guys a little pitch of the shows that I've been working on. The things that I've kind of put this show on the back burner for, which is no longer a thing. Like I said a little bit while ago, this is in my head, season two of Frantic Thoughts, which is whatever. It's just another episode, but we're going to continue going on with the show. And um, it's going to probably have some more experimental episodes, some one topic episodes, some shorter, some longer, and it's just going to be kind of a good time hopefully you guys stick around and enjoy the show in the future so ryan thank you so much for hanging out with me man um i uh had a good time talking to you man thanks again for having me all right guys thanks for listening i love you and i'll catch you on the next frantic thoughts podcast let's make a toast to the time Waiting for tomorrow when we're played out by the band Drowning out our sorrows, what will become of us now At the end of time, we'll be fine, you and I Let's draw a line Keep it straight and narrow We had it all in our hands We begged and then we borrowed What will become of us all
for the song what song is that <laughs> those churches those the desperate oh, yeah. song uh, okay okay <laughs> you can be my heart. <laughs>